Welcome to the Picture Book Look podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey, Kirstie. Hey. So whoever said you can't teach an old dog new tricks obviously didn't know about Mary Walker. So true. She was 116 years old when she learned to read. Incredible. The oldest student, How Mary Walker Learned to Read, written by Rita Lorraine Hubbard and illustrated by Oge Mora, tells Mary's remarkable story. I love how the words and illustrations work together to make this the kind of book that people read and reread. Yes, definitely. I know I've already read it about 10 times at least. (laughs) We're so excited to chat with Rita and Ann Schwartz, the editor of The Oldest Student, about their collaborative process. Let's talk. Rita, where did the inspiration to write this book come from? It happened when I was in third, fourth, or fifth grade. My class went to a field trip to the Mary Walker Foundation, which is defunct now. But at that time, oh. it, was pretty, it was pretty active. And we got a chance to walk inside of a replica of her cabin. And I remember a person telling us that this woman had learned to read at 116, but she was set free at 15. And that's where my first question about her just sort of stuck with me, which was what took so long. Hmm. Because for me, once I heard that she was set free, I thought her waiting was a choice. And I found out later it really wasn't a choice. Right. But that's how, yeah, that's how I got started with it. I love that. So, Anne, what was it about this story that made you want to acquire it? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's so clearly an exceptional story. First of all, there's Mary Walker's backstory, which was fascinating. Everything that she lived through that happened to her before she learned to read, that she lived to the age of 121. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the fact that she learned to read when she was well into her hundreds. That is an inspiring story for kids learning to read. It's so remarkable. Inspiring in so many other ways as well. Absolutely. Rita, can you give us a look into what the writing process was like for this story? So for this story, of course, I already had Mary in my mind from when I was a little girl and went to the foundation and walked through her cabin, but fast forward to the year 2002, and I was writing an African-American pictorial history. That one became known as African-Americans of Chattanooga. And of course, Mary's name needed to be included. So I started looking into her story, and I realized I still couldn't answer the question of why, what took so long. I headed back to her historical marker, and picked apart the information on the marker. It was sparse, but it was enough for me to get started. Went to her obituary, and then I went back to the old Mary Walker Foundation. The founder was gone, but his son was still there, and he gave me a complete transcript of an interview Mary did in the 1960s, and that's how I knew about her son's reading for her and how she felt. Once I gathered all that information, 
actually, I felt like I knew her. And I sat down in a probably one afternoon and wrote her story and then, of course, sent it to my critique group. And that might have taken a few more weeks. Then we sent it on to the agent who found this wonderful person who believed in it. And I'll be honest, when the whole story came together, the illustrations, the words, I told Anne, I was actually sitting here blinking back tears. It was just so beautiful for me. But that was my process. And speaking of illustrations, can you give us a look into your illustrator selection process for this book? Every once in a while, things work out exactly the way you want them to. Your brain is sort of sending you pictures and images that just seem to match the text exactly. I had actually seen Oge Mora's work online. She's very, very young. She had just graduated from Rhode Island School of Design. When I saw her work, she hadn't published any books yet. It was really fortuitous. I saw her work. I had read this manuscript very recently. It was very close to simultaneous. And I just thought, this is the person. This is it. And I reached out to her. It seemed kind of like a no-brainer. The bright colors and the collage and the emotion that she got into her work. It was everything that I was seeing in the story in Rita's words, beautiful words were in the illustration. I agree. It's so beautiful. And I love how, Rita, you say in the text about how the words for Mary looked like squiggles. Yes. And I love how the art shows the words earlier in the story as squiggles. But then later, once she does learn how to read, we can see those words with the letters. When Anne sent me the first mock-up and I saw how she showed squiggles and they slowly morphed into words. I thought she gets it. It just came together. It was so beautiful. Absolutely. And with five starred reviews, it definitely came together <laughs> in the best way. It's, it's beautiful. Yes. It really, really is. How do you know when it's time to stop researching and start writing? For me, when you answer the question that you have, My question was what happened to delay learning to read. And once I felt that all the pieces of the puzzle came together, and once I felt I had an answer to my individual question, I felt like it was time to sit down and write. And then I sent it to my critique group, and nobody had any questions about what happened. They might have had little tweaks about other things, but I answered the question that formulated my theory of what happened with her. I love that you have a question like that. And that's a really good way to write a book. Yes. (laughs) I was thinking that too, a childhood question. (laughs) Because of that question, I don't know if Anne will remember this, but the original title of the book, Wait for the Words. Yeah. And I was wondering, why did she wait to learn words? So I called it Wait for the Words. And I wrote it from that angle of what in the world would make somebody wait so long. And of course, and knowing what she knows, I love, the, I, I love the title now. I love the title now, but that's the angle that I wrote it from. And what about the editing process for the story? What I remember is there wasn't a huge amount to do. What we wanted to do was get as much information about Mary as possible about her childhood. But there wasn't 
that much, right, Rita? It was. It wasn't. I was surprised. I'm actually interested in how you chose which details to put in the book. How did you know what to leave in the book and what to leave out? With Anne's guidance, I was able to figure it out. For instance, in the transcripts that I got of the interview that Mary did, there were some details that I felt personally as a former teacher and as a mother were a little bit too intense for young children. And I was not going to put that in the book not trying to whitewash it, but I just felt that that was not what we were trying to do. My whole focus was from my childhood when I wanted to know what took so long. So I focused mainly on what took so long and then other vital information I put in the bag. But as I said, I had Anne to guide me. Some things you look at and you just know, even though it is important and it did happen, It doesn't belong. I read this to my 10-year-old and he was mesmerized. And he's still telling older siblings about this woman who learned at such an advanced age how to read and how exciting it was. And, And I love that because he actually doesn't really love to read. But for him to see how important it was, she wanted to do this her whole life. And it was a privilege for her to learn to read those swiggles. I have a lot of people who get in contact with me and say, I bought this book for my 75-year-old grandfather who's in the nursing home. He thought it was too late to start a hobby. And then I got him this book and now he's doing this. I get those tweets all the time. Oh, that's That's amazing. Yes, Yes, it just resonates with children, but with older people also. Yes, I just love the growth mindset of this book. Yes, (laughs) yes, absolutely. Well, on that note, our last question is, when someone reads this book, what do you hope that they feel or learn? For me, what resonated even while I was writing it was that I could identify with Mary, and I think really everybody can because we've all had something we put aside for a while or for a decade or longer because of family or health or whatever. I truly do want children especially to realize that things may be seem like they're in their way. Things may present themselves, but it really isn't ever too late to get started on what you want to do or what you believe. And how about you? What do you hope someone feels or learns after reading this book? Everybody's touched on my feelings. It's the idea that You know, I want kids to understand the lengths some people will go to to learn to read. And, of course, that learning to read can be somebody's lifelong dream. That's how magical and important it is. I feel incredibly lucky to have received this manuscript from your agent, Rita, and to have been able to work on this really, really special story. It was a gift to me, really. It was a gift. And I also feel like I'm so happy with how it's resonating out in the world. I'm sure it's speaking to kids in an important way. And that's the best thing we can hope for doing what we do. So it's been a great process. Thank you. So true. You know, (laughs) really, because it's been amazing and overwhelming for me. And I feel like I had the perfect editor for this and the recognition, the the accolades, I've been overwhelmed. And I know I always say hashtag forever grateful, but I really am. I know. I feel like this is the kind of book that can change lives. And, you know, that's the magic of the picture book. 
really is when all, it's a collaboration. There's so many people in the publishing company that have a piece of themselves in this book. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Rita, in your life, there are people in your life that have contributed in certain ways mm-hmm. to the book. It's a massive collaboration. And when it all comes together, it creates something bigger than all of us put together. Yes. Right. Yeah. There's, a, there's a synergy. There's yes. just something special that can happen. And I feel like that happened with this book. A big thank you to Rita Lorraine Hubbard and Ann Schwartz for joining us today and giving us a look into their creative process for The Oldest Student, How Mary Walker Learned to Read. Check out the show notes to learn more about Rita and her other fabulous books. And remember, if you have a picture book that you love and you think we might love it too, send us an email at picturebooklook2 at gmail.com. That's picturebooklook and the number two at gmail.com. Happy looking! looking.